you really shouldn't be putting yourself in a position where you're going to need to be rescued. So, so some of that is how conservative you are when you're bombing down a hill. Maybe you shouldn't bomb down a hill. This one's radio episode 1174 starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all. Real quick, before we dive into today's episode of the show, just a reminder that if you want a little free coaching, I'm your guy. Um, Now, granted, I can't just give away free coaching left, right, and center. We do have bills to pay around here, but each month I pick one person to get 16 weeks to work with me for free, whether whether that's going to culminate in a, you know, preparing up for a race, whether that's maybe coming back from an injury, having some guidance, or just just wanting to not worry about your, your you know, figuring out what you're going to do training wise for, uh, you know, the better part of four months, we can make that happen. So if that sounds like a pretty good deal to you, free coaching four months. Yeah. I mean, you know, nothing, nothing wrong with that. I don't think disruns.com slash giveaway is the place to get your name in the hat. New winner picked each and every month and not for nothing, but today's episode is going out on the last day of July, which means we've got a new winner coming up tomorrow. If you listen to this on, on July 31st, get yourself in it today. The odds will never be as good as they are right now because you have a chance to win tomorrow. Winner announced tomorrow in the email. So get yourself going. And if you're listening to this after the 31st, you know, if it took you a couple days to get here, hey, you know, I'm, I get it. Usually takes me a couple days to get to new podcasts after they download. Still go ahead and get yourself in it because we'll be picking a new winner at the start of the next month. So whenever you're listening to this, the odds are as good as they are. Dizruns.com slash giveaway is the link to get yourself in it. You can also do it right from the homepage, Dizruns.com. But one way or the other, one winner could be you. Free coaching for 16 weeks. You know, better than a stick in the eye. That's for sure. Dizruns.com slash giveaway. Now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. My guest today is someone that, uh, probably like a lot of us, likes to get out and uh, explore the world on foot. Um, but his expl- explorations, uh, some like maybe some of us, but not maybe as many of us, have literally led him around the world and also inspired him to write a book. And uh, I have no doubt that some of those explorations and adventures will provide us with uh, more than a few good stories and talking points to dig into today. So let's get the party started and officially welcome Mr. Luke Tuttle to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Luke. Really appreciate it. Great. It's nice to meet you, Denny, and uh, thank you for having me on the show today. Yeah, looking looking forward to digging into uh, into some things ultra running and uh, which I guess that kind of lets everybody in a little bit of an idea of where we might be going today. But uh, ultrarunningdestinations.com is the website, y'all, if you want to check out some of Luke's adventures uh, in the blog form and lots of other you know good good uh, running and ultra running. Uh, bits of advice and tips and things like that can be found at ultrarunningdestinations.com. And uh, he does make it easy for us. It's the same handle on, on Instagram for the social media at ultrarunningdestinations. Don't forget the S. It's multiple destinations that we're going to, not just one, um, but uh, all, all one word, all jumbled together there at ultrarunningdestinations on Instagram. Dizruns.com slash 1174. Dizruns.com slash 1174. We'll take you back to the show notes for today. If there are things that we talk about today, uh, you want to grab a copy of Luke's book. Of course, we'll have that linked up there as well. Links to social media, website, 
Uh, all the things as per usual, disruns.com slash 1174. So Luke, the way we always uh, start out every conversation here is uh, with a simple question. Sometimes it's an easy answer. Sometimes it's uh, a little bit layered because there's a, quite frankly a lot of good options out there. But one way or the other, it's a good place to start the, start the conversation. It's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Great. Um, my favorite distance to race is a 50K. And the why is it is long enough to feel that it's, you know, something pretty hard to do, right? It's something you need to plan for and have some idea of how you're going to get through it. And the other is it's, it's not a 50 mile or a hundred mile where <laughs> you know, the, the toll on the body can be, at least for me, uh, is extreme. So uh, a 50 K is something that, I found now that I've been running for 20 years that I can kind of do any day of the week. Um, I can do them opportunistically. So, for example, I, a, I met someone late last year in Dhaka, Bangladesh, of all places, on a work trip, and they mentioned that they were going to be they were retiring from their job in Bangladesh and they were going to do a ultra race, uh, a 50k in the Red River Gorge area uh a couple weeks later and i said well geez i've always thought about doing one down there but i've never found one uh and she said well you should take a look um so i did and i went and did that race two weeks later so my general running uh plan uh enables me to do those races so it's fun whether they're an actual race or just my my own solo thing but yeah the 50ks are a ton of fun to do uh, and then the next day I can kind of go back about my life and not have to recover you know, right. as I would on a, a much longer distance. Right. I'm uh, chuckling to myself, and I feel like I've said this before when talking to uh, various folks that, that are ultra runners. Um, and it's just, it's just a chuckle because a lot of times, maybe probably the most common answer, Luke, for that question is, is the half marathon for basically all of the same reasons that you said, like, it's still long enough, but like, I can kind of do it whenever. And like, I don't need to super train up for it. Although sometimes I do, but like, you know, I can kind of just jump into one whenever. Um, and then, you know, when, the, when it's the ultra runners, it's like, yeah, 50 K, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I can kind of jump into it whenever. <laughs> um, and it's just, it just makes me smile about just the differences of, uh, you know, but, but in, in a good way, the differences of, of options that our sport provides that, um, for some folks couldn't even wrap their head around 31 miles. And for some folks, 31 miles is like, yeah, that's you know, kind of no big deal. Can kind of do that whenever. And, and yet we're all still, you know, members of the same running family, which is pretty cool. Totally. And, and that's where I started running 20 years ago. And the distance, my target distance at that time was a half marathon. Mm -hmm. And you know, my mindset was that is, it's a, that's still a tough run. Uh, you can do a couple races a year. If one pops up out of the air, that's fun. You can go do it. Um, so it took me a, a lot of years to be able to wrap my head around going beyond that and doing marathons and, uh, and now have the 50 Ks and my standard running plan uh, during the week is I do a half marathon every Saturday and sort of my goal is to do a half marathon every Saturday and Sunday distance. Mm. So it's, right. uh, I sometimes stop and think, I mean, that literally was unattainable at a point. And now, you know, I'll do 50 to a hundred half marathons a year, just in normal training. So, but that's right. a pretty long progression of you know, 10 to 20 years of work to get to that point. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think, I think that, you know, maybe, maybe the numbers are different for, for, well, I'm sure the numbers are different for all of us because not everybody's been running for 20 years and not everybody's running 50 K's like they're no big deal. Um, but I, you know, I can think back to like, you know, I mean, shoot, it wasn't that long ago that like three to four miles was a pretty good, um, you know, Tuesday for me. And now it's like, I almost don't get out of bed for three miles. Like, I mean, three miles, and I don't say that disparagingly, but like, you know, if I'm going to go out on, on, you know, any, any morning of the week, like, like it's, it's, it's going to be five, six, seven miles, like three, four, five, six, eight years of consistent running. Um, but it, it just, it just translates so well up and down the ladder in terms of, you know, desires and goals and, and experience and things like that. But, um, we all started somewhere and, and then we all got to where we are and maybe that's, maybe we're at the peak, maybe we're still growing. It's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's such a beautiful, uh, journey, but you know, anyway, with, without waxing too philosophical already going back 20 years ago, kind of getting, getting started in, in the sport. What was, what was the impetus to take up running for you, Luke? Yeah, it was an odd, uh, moment. I was at a work conference in LA and I actually don't know what the reason for this idea that I got in my head was I should go down to the gym and go for a run. Um, I did sports growing up. I did soccer. Uh, I kicked for the football team. And you know, within those things, you did running, right, as part, of, as part of what you did. But we never went out and ran multiple miles. I never thought of myself as a runner. I, I couldn't even comprehend what the long-distance um, cross-country team was doing back then. It seemed uh, pretty mythic that they were able to go out and run you know, three to five miles every day of practice. Uh, so it was in my early thirties where I kind of just had this thought, Hey, maybe I should do some running. Uh, at the time I was also getting close to, uh, 200 pounds. So today I walk around around in the, the mid one sixties. Um, my pants were getting too tight. So I was wearing a 36 pant. And if you go to a 38 pant, the pant changes, it's like extra big. So that was also weighing on my head. Uh, so it's kind of those confluence of factors. And then, uh, some folks where I was working were training for a marathon. I couldn't even comprehend what that was. And then I kind of, and I didn't know anything about running or the distances. Um, then heard that, uh, you could also run a half marathon and I joined a half marathon, uh, training group at a new running store here in Columbus. And that's what set this whole journey. But that was the first goal of, do this significant event, which was a half marathon. I've always been super goal oriented. Um, but it started with that, I don't know, thought out of the blue and, uh, literally probably just about exactly 20 years ago to go get on a treadmill and start making some changes in my health. Was it, um, I don't know. Did you take to running like a fish to water? Was it, was uh, maybe that's not quite the right, right way to ask it, but you know, for me, I know, and, and maybe this is a, b- a better way to get to the answer by giving an, or getting to the question by giving an example is like, I stopped and started with running for like years. Like I, you know, I, I didn't really enjoy it, but I knew it was good for me and it was something that I could do that was, you know, outside. And it was, it was, you know, quote unquote cheap compared to, to joining a gym, which, you know, that's kind of a, a you know, pun intended running joke these days is like how cheap running is. You get all the bells and whistles and races and shoes and it's not so cheap anymore. But you know, at that time, like it was, it was kind of a, 
all right, like, let's do this because, you know, got to do something. Um, and eventually, of course, it became something that I sort of didn't hate and then sort of maybe almost enjoyed. And now it's something that I can't I can't imagine um, not having as part of my life for as, as long as possible. But um, how, how was it for you? You know, you, you're like, all right, I want to, you know, kind of kind of do something, and, you know, going to jump on the treadmill and run a little bit. Was it was it relatively smooth sailing or was there some some bumps in the early road along the way? There was definitely bump. I mean, it was hard. It was hard to get started. Um, the day after every run hurt. Um, and it was hard to even imagine running more than one day. <laughs> that there always had to be a rest between those days. And I would say that that was the first few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I also probably wasn't stretching my calves well enough. So <laughs> get out of bed and it was everything I could do to get to the desk. Right. It's like, I made it to the desk. Now let's get to the bathroom. And then, you know, in the next hour, things would warm up. Um, uh, but those first years were significant um, in terms of, of staying focused and managing through that, uh, but those difficult times, right? Of it, it not really being that fun. Um, right. But and also dealing with shin splints, so I was constantly icing the shins and tons of research on how do you avoid shin splints. Um, I was fortunate not to have some, a lot of other runners I saw have injuries that uh, prevented them for long periods of time running. So mm-hmm. IT band issues and I was fortunate not to have uh, problems that I couldn't work through. Right. So like the shin splints, I could ice them and maybe reduce how much that was. Um, right. or if I had certain soreness, I could reduce a little bit and work through it. But it took, I would say, um, five or six years, um, and, wow. and really getting into the, the training for the hundred miler where I started doing some of the back to back long runs where I really felt my body changed and adapted to running. And I, and I read something about this Dean Carnazis or, one of the ultra ultra guys talking about running a marathon every day, or maybe it was a 50 K every day for some period of time and how over that period of time, it really hurt even for them. And then their body adapted. Um, I just think it, like when I think back, it just took my body five plus years to really adapt to being a runner. And I also lost a lot of weight in this period. So I went from nearly 200 pounds to 160 pounds. So I was carrying around a lot of extra weight uh, in the beginning, but um, it was definitely a journey. And, you know, for other folks getting into running, running, I think it's easy to get discouraged in that period. And I, and I think what got me through it is I'm so goal oriented and I would always have the next race plan. Mm-hmm. So that thing was always there and that would kind of make it worth it to think about, well, how do I solve this pain problem and what do I do different right. and to keep it going? Right. And that, and that kind of, I guess, answers the, the question I was kind of leaning in because, or at least I was thinking about going with, because, you know, if, if you're doing something for, for, you know, four, five, six years that like, for lack of a better way of saying it, and, and to maybe hopefully sum up kind of, you know, some of those struggles that, that I could quite frankly had as well, that maybe you're not, you know, you're kind of enjoying, but it's also, you know, it's, it hurts and, you know, maybe not having the, the best of time. Um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of other options out there and, and maybe there's the question is still there, you know, like, like, did you ever think about looking at, 
you know, whatever in, in, you know, strength training or cycling or something that was, you know, still, still fitness related, uh, maybe still kind of helping to see progress on, on some of the health goals. Um, but did you ever dabble in other things besides running? Um, if so, what, and if not, you know, any, any particular reason that you can think of as to why you just stuck with running other than maybe just having the goal of the next race? Yeah. The, the thing I did do in there was, uh, lifting weights. So one of the things in growing up in high school, particularly and in college, um, I had a couple of friends that they were big into weightlifting. Weightlifting's a great social activity with your friends as well. So if you have someone that goes on a regular basis, that's a great time to go meet them and hang out and, and do something else. So I had, uh, also at the time I had, uh, started running, hadn't been lifting uh, on as regular basis. Uh, but something else that kind of came up right at that time and living here in Columbus, Ohio is the, uh, there's the Arnold classic or the Arnold, uh, that's the right name for it? the Arnold, uh, it's basically the largest all sports festival in the world that Arnold Schwarzenegger puts on. Wow. And one of the events they have is they call the pump and run. And the pump and run has a, uh, you bench press your weight up to 30 times. So everyone goes in there and lifts. And then separately, everyone wants a 5K. Mm. So for every bench press you get, that takes 30 seconds off your runtime. So the winner, their time is like a minute and a half because they bench 30 times and they go do a 16 and a half minute 5K. Um, which is a pretty cool event because then you think about all these things that you need to figure out. So um, one of the most significant things of training for that is if you go to try to bench your weight and you haven't been training <laughs> and you're not pretty lean, it's freaking hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, uh, so me and my friend, a lot of discussions on, well, what are you training for? Are you training for endurance or or do you train for strength, right? You make it so light, it's easy to do 30. Or do you just try to train at your weight and build your endurance mm -hmm. up to be 30 of them? So we realized two things. I mean, the first thing was we're too heavy. So that's question one. I was like, how do you lose right. weight and build strength? And now I'm also running uh, that dynamic. Uh, but then we also, uh, after we, we started out training for endurance and realize this is just not going to work. I mean, you get the 15 reps of something and it's like, it's, if it feels hard when you start, it's going to still feel hard at 15. <laughs> Might even feel so harder at 15. We, <laughs> I feel definitely <laughs> at 15. So we said, let's train for strength. Uh, did a ton of reading. We found a, a, a weight, uh, I was just looking at talking to another friend about this, uh, this gentleman, Clarence Bass. Um, he's got a great set of books about his own evolution and, uh, getting, uh, this guy was a bodybuilder, um, and getting really cut and low fat or low, uh, body fat, but he evolved to this once a week lifting regime. And that was like a great thing if you're running regularly. So it was like once a week could do, uh, a lifting workout the rest of the week, do the running. Um, so that really kept this kind of interesting from a cross training perspective of training for this event that needed both of those. Um, and then I don't know if the lifting was really that, you know, cross training for the running at that point, but it did 
give something else, you know, if, if it was kind of a down day to, to go to the gym and, and do some extra workout. But other things like biking and swimming didn't come up in this period because I, I didn't have any friends who did them. Gotcha. I didn't have any experience doing them. Uh, so that came later. So at this point, it was just like running was easy. Um, I had some good goals I was looking at, and I had this lifting event that just provided another pretty interesting thing to kind of keep keep focused on uh, as well throughout the year. Yeah, yeah that that does sound like a, a fun. Like I, I am I am pretty vocal in my opposition to the 5k Luke for no other reason than like just running racing a hard 5k is hard. Like, you know, you know, racing any distance hard is hard, but it's just something about that, that red line that you got to hold for, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood for me, probably 20, 21, 22 minutes, something like that. Like that's just, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather just go out and cruise for four hours and, and call it a marathon versus just hammer for, for 22 minutes and call it a 5k. But the idea of like combining the strength and like letting that help, maybe shave a few minutes off the 5k like that. That sounds like a fun event. So I can see why that would be, you know, it it would be, I mean, just like I said, it sounds fun and anything that sounds fun, might be worth doing. Ton of fun. And you also get a free ticket to the, uh, this Arnold event. So you get to see all these other activities going on here, um, as well, but on the, the 5k as well. Um, I agree with you hundred percent. So I just did a 5k counter to that. I did a 5k, um, a couple months ago, our local town had one here for Memorial Day. And I was like, you know, I haven't run a 5K in years. Maybe I should go out and do one. <laughs> well, I'm still nursing my injured leg. Um, mm. Triggers some shin splints because when you go out and redline it like that, you are pounding the pavement mm-hmm. pretty hard. And uh, so I did it in 23 minutes. I was like, you know, it's pretty good for uh, somebody who's out running ultra all the time. But um, I was like, I didn't really accomplish anything of that <laughs> uh, other than kind of hurt myself a little bit, but uh, I don't like it. I don't like, that's one thing in training. I don't like hit routines, mm-hmm. uh, the high intensity workouts. I don't really like red learning on a, on a, on a 5k. And a lot of that, I think it's, there's a lot of mental effort yeah. to do that kind of output that I don't find relaxing it. The, the long runs go run for four hours. I'll do that all day, every day. That's a ton of fun. Um, but doing the 5K, you're right, is this is not easy. Yeah. Well, there's there's a, a quote or a saying, and I, I probably need to remember who said it so I can I can give credit where it's due. But something along the lines of it's it's the intensity or the pace that that kills, never the distance. And it's like, yep. I mean, if you just if you're locked in, man, it 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 beats you up in a whole different way than just kind of cruising and and taking your time. And you know, I don't know. I mean, not that not that you know going for four hours is always easy because it's not, but sometimes like I'd rather, I'd rather be mildly uncomfortable for the last hour than maximally uncomfortable from start to finish. I think. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm glad to hear someone else voice the similar, yes. Yes. similar we're, thing that I have. Cause uh, we're, we're in company, whether it's good company or bad company <laughs> to be determined, but at least, at least it's company. Totally. Um, so, so you, you, if I heard correctly in there, Luke, that, uh, you know, in kind of in that five, six year window when you're still kind of figuring things out and learning and, and, still, still struggling with some, some aches and pains and things like that. But, but for the most part, staying, you know, working one goal to the next, um, did you say hundred miler in there? Like you were thinking about or working towards a hundred miler? When, when did, I mean, it sounds to me, 
who's you know been running for however long it's been now 12 14 years something like that still no still no desires to run 100 miles you know, i've dipped my toes into uh, 45 miles is the longest i've gone a handful i probably six or eight 50 k's so you know a little bit of, of ultra water running but uh certainly no 100 milers yet but sounds like you know if i heard you correctly you, you climbed the ladder into the ultra world pretty quickly yeah i mean it was over this five six year progression and and the, the thing is that each step i didn't know what the next thing was mm. so when i started it was a half marathon well how far is that well it's 13 miles well i've never at that point run five miles so right. you can't even conceive of that and you run five miles you're like, holy crap that's hard can't imagine running another step so training for the 13 was tough right so then so i'm just going to do those thir- 13 miles do the half half marathons so it was three years in with her, where a friend of mine said, hey, we should go do Chicago Marathon. I said, you know, I don't need to do that. My ego doesn't need it. My health doesn't need it. I don't even know how far that is. Um, so he eventually convinced me. Uh, we made a family trip out. That we went with some neighbors as well uh, with our families. And um, so when I did that, I had a goal of four hours. Um, so... Did a, so did basically a year of training. So kind of the, towards the end of year two of running, that ID comes up. So, okay, let's you know, plan for this. I think, uh, I can't remember what time of year that was at. Um, but, but did it, finished in like 3.59 and change. Did my goal. Um, as I'm walking from the finish line to meet my family, hobbling, I, uh, in the, the second half, this was like classic learning about long distance. So I distinctly remember at mile 18 thinking, this is so awesome. My training has really worked out. I feel really good. Um, I'm well ahead of a four hour pace. I think at this point I'm like at 345 pace. I think probably like just as that last thought is exiting my head, <laughs> I just get ripped with cramps like debilitating cramps Mm -hmm. Uh, and then learn what it's like to just power through for, you know, walk running through cramps. Um, But then made my goal, uh, you know, probably was thinking there, this is terrible, but finished. And as I'm walking back to meet my family, I remember thinking, well, I wonder what's next. Mm -hmm. Like what's after a marathon. Um, So then I found the trail marathon. That was almost exactly a year later. It's called the Bobcat Trail Marathon here in Ohio. Because um, I didn't know people did trail running, particularly marathons. So now I'm training for that. Well, once you're searching and looking for a trail marathon, you come across other trail runs. Well, what's the predominant res- distance for a lot of these trail runs? It's 50Ks. Mm-hmm. So then I find a 50K. Well, that's the next year. I didn't know people ran more than marathons and more than 50Ks. Well, people do 50 milers. Saw the 50 miler, signed up for 50 miler, um, was in uh, Pennsylvania. The friend that did the, uh, the talk me doing the marathon, he came to the 50 miler to pace me. And we're sitting at dinner the night before, and uh, we overhear uh, another table talking about the run. I say, Are you guys doing the run tomorrow? They're like, yeah, we're doing the run. It's like, Have you done a 50 miler before? And this woman uh, says, uh, and she looks like she's around my age or older. Uh, so in her fifties or, uh, I think she looked older than me. So maybe she's 60. She says, Oh yeah, no, I lost track at 25. <laughs> I was like, you've done 20. 
five fifty. Are you kidding me? She's like, yeah. And then it's like, well, I mean, have you done more than fifty miles? Because if you're on twenty miles, she says, oh yeah, I've done four one hundred milers. A hundred miles? People run a hundred miles? I had no idea. So this is even before I've now run the fifty miler. So this mm-hmm. is at dinner. We have this. As we walk out to the car, I say to my friend, if she can run 100 miles, I can run 100 miles. <laughs> well, the 50 miler the next day, I finished. But like my feet like cracked all the way around the outside and then the cramps and like all these different things. Um, but despite that, I was like, you know what? I finished the 50. I'm going to do 100. So I found 100 that was a year away. And then put together a whole plan that was either a 50 K or 50 miler for the next 12 months mm-hmm. to lead up to, um, was the Penhody, uh, hundred miler in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've only done one cause it hurt. <laughs> I mean, the hundred miler hurt. It was, it was 28 hours and it hurt. It like hurt bad. I, like, I didn't run for a month. Yeah. Um, but it was also humbling cause you see that I went and looked at the guy who won it. And that guy finished it in almost half the time it took me to finish. Mm-hmm. And he'd run a hundred miler every month of that year. And he finished that hundred miler faster than the hundred miler he ran like 10 years before that. Yeah. So yeah, but it's that progression, right? It just constant yeah. goals uh, to, to keep adding to it. It's, it's crazy you know, when you stop and think like, I mean, just, just that little bit about, you know, he's running, and I mean, I've talked to people that have do, done a hundred miler, you know, every month or maybe not every month for a year, but every, you know, there's six months on and like, you know, that that's enough. And then, you know, it'll take a couple months low key and then we'll get back to it or whatever. But like, like just the idea of, of running that far just blows my mind. But also I, I'm chuckling a little bit with, with your story about, you know, talking to, talking to this person and talking to that person and this lady. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of lost track of how many 50 milers I've done. Um, because I feel like, I mean, I feel like runners in general are just a bad influence on, on other folks in terms of like, you know, a good, bad influence in terms of like, oh yeah, if you can do a half marathon, you can do a marathon. Nope. You know, if you can do a 5k, you can do, you can do a 10k, you can do a 10k, you can do a half marathon. But I feel like the ultra runners, um, maybe are, are the worst, uh, or, or maybe just ultra marathons in general, because so often, you know, maybe you do dip your toes into a 50, like a 50 K. And this is what kind of what happened to me. Like, all right, I'm going to run this one 50 K. And then, you know, there's the, there's the, the grill is going afterwards and everybody's kind of sitting around chatting and you hear somebody going, Oh yeah, you know, I, I took it easy today. Cause I've got, I've got a 50 miler next weekend or, or, you know, Oh yeah, this is the, you know, I, you know, I ran, I ran, I got 25 miles again tomorrow and I just ran 30, but you know, like it's just making it a long training run weekend. And you're like, how does somebody do that? And, or you get to a race where there's, you know, a 50 K and a 50 mile and a hundred K and a hundred mile all going on simultaneously. And then you start to go, Holy cow. Like, these people are nuts and I am one of these people. And I don't know, I don't know where the question is in that other than just, you know, it's, 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 I feel like once you, once you get into the ultra water just a little bit, um, it's an uphill battle to not keep, not keep progressing deeper and deeper into the abyss of how far are we going to go? You're, you're exactly right. Particularly because there's other people show that you can do it. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and it's all body types and ages, right? And you're like, well, if mm-hmm. you can do that, like, well, why, why is it I can't do it? So, yep. um, but yeah, it's, uh, and, and particularly if you're, and I'm overtly task oriented, right. And goal oriented. So this sport provides so many opportunities to set a goal, whether it's a race, mm-hmm. uh, 
there's these fastest known time websites, right? You can find mm-hmm. incredible runs just about anywhere. For me, it was my travels in Europe where I was already going there. So it's, it's like, hey, why not try to go to all, every country uh, in Europe and do a run there? So that was like a extreme to the goals to set. But um, yeah, the community of runners is, uh, you know, you don't have to look look too far to find somebody that's just doing something else that's uh, insane yet you're like well you know that's somewhat attainable maybe i yeah. could do that yeah absolutely <laughs> so good good point to transition and, and you mentioned you know traveling and, and getting to europe and running running uh you know in all all kinds of different places there um which which i guess ultimately leads to somewhere you know we're going to get to the, we don't have to get to but we're going to get to talking about the book ultra running europe that, that just recently came out um, but you know, as, as you're, as you're traveling and running in all these different places, whether it's Europe, you, you mentioned, uh, Bangkok, I think earlier is somewhere where you, where you've been running and, and all, all, all kinds of places all over the globe. Um, I guess maybe the, the, the general question, or at least the, the first general question that I have is how, how different or how similar is it running in Europe and Asia and, and wherever else life has taken you? Um, versus, you know, kind of the trail running communities that, that, you know, maybe some of us are more familiar with here stateside. Yeah. The, so in Europe, I've done, I've done some races, some, uh, 50 Ks, uh, did one in Australia as well. The, uh, and I also just recently did a, a, a marathon in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I found on these is in the U S for the most part at a race, I'm a mid pack to 75th percentile. So I'm like in the third quartile, right, of, mm-hmm. of finishers, which I feel, you know, I justify myself of for the amount of training I do, I feel like that's pretty good showing, right? We all have some ego, right? Where do you place? Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I show up and I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I think uh, on a race I did in, uh, it was on the border of Spain and France, I think I was dead last. <laughs> At the start of this race, in the U.S., I mean, when a race starts, my experience at a 50K, when the gun goes off, there's a decent number of people that just start off walking. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, they're a little bit uphill here. I'm going to walk. At this race, I mean, people took off like it was a 5K. <laughs> and I was like, what What are you guys doing? This is insane. Um. And then I did uh, the Amsterdam Marathon recently. Um, I went in after the race. I think I was. I think at the um, at the National Marathon. I think I was in the top twenty or thirty percent of finishers. Mm-hmm. At this one, I think I was like the bottom. Like I was like seventy fifth or eightieth uh, percentile. And I went and googled it, and sure enough, the fastest marathon in the times in the world for the like throwing out the elites. Mm-hmm. Are in. I think it was uh, the Netherlands and Switzerland. Wow. So I feel like the folks that are running races there are—I don't know what—they're they're more trained, more committed, or maybe there's less people. And I was thinking, is there is there a piece about the American ego to this? Of Americans are like, no, I'm going to show up and do this, mm-hmm. uh, even if I haven't done all the training or whatever. That, but the like the field just seems to be faster in these races. The races themselves are, I think races are just a function of, I shouldn't say just, but the race director has a lot of uh, input to how well run it is. 
So I've, the races I've been the in the U.S. for the most part are amazing. Between the um, what the, the courses and the directors have set that up and the volunteers, mm-hmm. that experience was very similar in Europe. The races were well run, but the field was just faster. Gotcha. Um, in in those cases, but um, most of what I did in Europe was solo trips because mm-hmm. there was no way to plan my schedule around a race. So I was uh, working for a bank in Stockholm. I had a reason to be in Europe very frequently. So when I was there, uh, particularly if I was there over the weekend, I would you know, look at, go to Google flights and I'd say I'm in Stockholm or Berlin or Amsterdam. And then in Google flights is really cool because you can say, I want to fly to Europe on a direct flight on Friday night. Mm. And it will show you all the places you can go. And it might be, well, geez, I can fly from Berlin to Porto, Portugal. Okay, what's in Porto, Portugal? Oh, there's a national park there. What can I do there? Oh, there's a a set of pretty cool trails. So the the thing in Europe, though, is the trail systems are phenomenally better than they are in the U.S. Really? In terms of how they're laid out, how they're documented, um, the closeness to, I did this Aron in uh, Liechtenstein, I was up in the mountains and there was this awesome, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a restaurant, like mm. way up in the mountain that you could stop and have a beer at. So there's <laughs> just a different, it's super, yeah, it's hard to beat that. And like, we just don't have that in the U S in my experience. It's, uh, their trish, trail slips are just more evolved than what we have here. So it's a bit easier, I think, to find a run there than it is to go piece one together in, in West Virginia, for example. When did that idea of let's let's put a guide together um, of some of the the you know I don't want to say favorite but maybe favorite I don't know some some of the adventures some of the trails that really stood out to you I think there's what like 38 trails that you highlight 38 different different countries that you highlight um, but when when did that idea come to come to your head Yeah so it started with so I started these runs back in 2015 um, I always took a lot of pictures on my run. So I had a decent amount of like, I always use Strava or, or something else, um, to, to map my run. I had a lot of pictures and at some point, a few years into that, I got in my head that it'd be nice if my kids knew what I did, mm-hmm. like in terms of this kind of exercise. So, uh, there was a year where I set the goal of writing that so I decided to start the website, ultraroomingdestinations.com. Um, and I set a goal that I would write one article every week for the entire year. Mm. So again, I'm super goal oriented. So it's like, I'm going to write 52 articles this year. Um, and I had all of this content to, uh, to use. Um, so that was the first thought. I was like, just wanted to document what I'd done. Uh, I also wanted it to be a resource for some other folks. I'm like, that had this opportunity to go find these. It takes a lot of research to mm-hmm. find uh, a long distance trail. There's tons of uh, maps with shorter trails, right? And then there's also resources that have like these seven day hiking trails. Right. But if you want to go find a 50K to run on your own somewhere, there's not a website for that. So I was like, maybe there's somebody else like me that would like to find this kind of thing. So that was kind of the genesis of that. Um, so I'd, I'd done that, and then um, and I kind of kept it up after the initial year, and then 
at the beginning, I changed jobs, so I wasn't traveling so much, and I had a lot more free time in the evenings than I did when I was traveling. I was just thinking about what kind of project, and, had, and I'd thought about writing a book before, but never had kind of had the time to, to get into it, and that kind of having the free time, and I had this blog of content, and the other piece was ChatGPT, actually, that came out to this. Um, mm. So I just decided to head down and, and get the book done. Um, so it really took, it took five years of planning and content. And, and then the goal of the book was again, the, well, maybe my kids will want to read it. Um, and uh, one day I came home from work and my daughter was, one of my daughters was reading the book and she said, dad, that's pretty cool. So, <laughs> so that was kind of the, the, the long-term piece awesome. there. But um, yeah, I, I hope the book, I mean, for me, it's, it's, uh, it's nice to, to see it all in one spot. Um, helps folks like my parents and friends and family to understand what it is that I did over that period of time. But um, right. also as a resource for other folks who are trying to do something similar or or, or have the, or set their own goals, right? See somebody else doing something like that. Right, right. So um, perhaps this is the worst question that I could possibly ask you, but I'm going to ask it anyway because we like to live dangerously around here. Good. Um, okay. You know the the website and the the Instagram handle Ultra Running Destinations. Like I like I pointed out at the intro, it's it's destinations with an S, plural. Um, you've got the book out, Ultra Running Europe. You know, is there is there plans for Ultra Running? I don't know, Ultra Running the Midwest, Ultra Running the United States, or, or you know, is, is 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 have we have we started thinking about writing the second book yet? Now that the first book is 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 barely off the presses, uh, you know, are, are you ready to tackle that project again? I have. I actually went and counted up. So on, I have a map page on the Ultra Running Destination site. I think I counted up to have 40 locations in the U.S. I've run. Um, it's much more around races, though, mm. so uh, than doing these solo. So the, the Ultra Running Europe, it's 95% of it is solo, solo runs, found a place, went to it. Um, whereas in the U.S., it's been much more around uh, – races or you know, places where I've been to work and was able to schedule a race. But, but yeah, no, it, it's a, it's a really fun process to, to write the book and, and transform some of that content and, uh, and to get that out there. So, so yeah, I think there's another book, but I was thinking it's, it's not ultra running the U S I mean, the U S is a pretty big place of That's things true. to do, but, uh, so I've been thinking about having some other hook to what the book is, but, um, and maybe more about some of the journey about the training and mm -hmm. uh, some of these other things that, that I've done that might help other folks. There's some other great books out there on ultra running training already. Um, so, you know, it's kind of that, what's that unique hook, hook and nuance, right. but I'm definitely been thinking about it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, uh, I, I wish you, I wish you better luck than, than, than myself because, uh, I, I wrote my first book, gosh, what it was three, uh, I keep saying three or four years ago, every year I keep saying three or four years ago, it's probably been five or six years ago now. Um, and I've, I've been only sort of working on the second book for probably for four years. And I think I'm, oh, wow. I'm about as far along in that one as I was, you know, three and a half years ago. So hopefully, hopefully if you do, if, and when you decide to dig into to book number two, uh, I don't know, maybe the race is on, maybe, I, maybe the goal is I need to write my second I book. You know, ahead of your second book. Um, but anyway, one way or the other, um, you, you've mentioned you, you mentioned in there that a lot of the European running um, was, like you said, kind of solo, and a lot of a lot of the U.S. running has been a little bit more races, at least for some of these longer trails and, and whatnot. Um, 
do you have do you have a preference of getting out on the trail by yourself and and cruising versus getting out on the trail and and I mean you know anybody who's run a lot of trail trail races in the U.S. there's still probably a, a fair decent amount of time or at least a lot of times there's a fair decent amount of, of chunk of time that you're by yourself but you know at least you know there's other people out there and you're gonna get to an aid station eventually and, and you'll have some human contact do you have a do you have a preference of of you know solo endeavors versus the the race environment? Yeah, I think. My preference is the solo endeavors, but it's one of the fun parts about the half marathons and the reason why I enjoyed them so much when I started running was that's the thing, right? It's, mm. and there's a finish and, uh, you know, there's, there's a little bit of competition. I was like, where do you find an outlet for sports competition when you're my age, right? So I'm in my fifties. So, uh, so I still, love to do a race and I still can't wait for the results to come out and see where I finished. Um, so I get a lot from that. Um, and it also helps you find things that you would never, at least you might not have gone to the middle of Kansas to do a run on the dirt roads there, uh, any other time. than if a race is there, so races provide a, a lot of opportunity as well. But the, the solo parts for me, uh, what I love most about planning a solo run is to not know everything, right? So mm. I know I'm going to get there. I've got the course on my, um, on my phone downloaded, but you can only research so much and you only know so much about what you might encounter. So there's so much exploration that comes as part of that. So it's, it's a bit constructed, right? Of creating a, uh, you know, bit of a risky situation that you're out by yourself and doing things, but there's a bit more of an edginess to it when you get to do it by yourself that um, I also find really satisfying as well. But um, so, yeah, so that's so the preference of the solo, but I mean, they're so, the, the events in general are so good. Uh, a lot of the courses are so imaginative. There's, there's a lot of fun ultra races out there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. When, when you're doing a solo, run, especially some of these longer, you know, for starting to talk about 50 K distance or even, you know, even just 20 miles or whatever the case might be. Um, and you know, you're going to be out there for a handful of hours or, or whatever the, you know, whatever the, the exact situation is. Um, do you do anything in terms of, of, um, I don't know, like, like you said, you never know what you're going to run in or, you know, pack an extra, like, like, like kind of what, what's your setup in terms of like trying to make sure that, you know, you can't, you can't cover every possible situation, but to try to make sure you got as many, many bases covered as possible for, you know, when you're going to be out there for a while. Yeah. Well, today it all centers around that. I believe in self-rescue. Um, and the big part of that is not putting other people at danger. So most of these runs are pretty remote. So if, if you get hurt, then other people are going to need to find you or help to get you out um, that you really shouldn't be putting yourself in a position where you're going to need to be rescued. So, so some of that is how conservative you are when you're bombing down a hill, maybe you shouldn't bomb down a hill. If it's a technical trail. Right. So, so I really kind of start with that. Like I'm fairly conservative and, and how I approach the trail and, and what I'm doing. But then from a gear perspective, I uh, have enough to be able to spend the night. Um, so in general, that's either a light bivy sack, if it's colder out, it's almost always having uh, windproof pants and a windproof jacket. 
So you've always got that, that cold layer with a hood that you could kind of get on. Uh, I've got things like a whistle, I got paracord, duct tape, uh, Benadryl in case you get bit by something, a first aid kit. So I carry a fair amount of stuff. I carry too much water most of the time. So if I'm not completely sure where the water is going to be, I might have three liters of water, which is, you know, so all of a sudden this is all now adding up to like a 10 to 15 pound pack that you're running with. So then that kind of gets a bit more into your fast packing or you ultra running. I still like to say it's running. Um, So I always train with a pack. So I always, I always run with the pack that I take on these uh, excursions. A lot of times I have a five pound weight in my pack plus two or three liters of water. So I'm always trained to carry this stuff. Like, so I never see that as an extra burden. That's just part of my kit. Um, but that's the, the, the core philosophy is, is to have enough to be able to get yourself out. If you were to sprain your ankle, um, or, uh, or something happens. So, and it also comes down to my gear. So I've or to my GPS, I've got a, a Garmin watch, that has a GPS in the map. Both of those, so I was kind of have a plan B. Um, if I happen to drop my phone or, or lose my phone, always have a battery for your phone. But um, right. but yeah, it's structuring around that philosophy of of rescuing yourself and, and not feeling like that you'd ever need to call somebody. Um, of course, you should if things are uh, life threatening to that point. But um, that that conservative mindset, I think, is kind of a the starting point is, is don't take risks that aren't, aren't worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that idea of, of, you know, really making sure you can as much as you can, because again, you can't, you can't always mitigate every possible scenario, but as much as you can, don't put yourself in a situation you can't get yourself out of. And, and, um, goodness, that's, that's going to be spinning around my head for a while and, and not just in running, but maybe, maybe in, in you know other areas of life as well. Like, you know, just, like not not bad advice at all. Um, getting getting towards the end of of wrapping things up today, Luke. But uh, just just kind of one other quick question, and then and then we'll dive into the the final question for today. But um, obviously, you know, you kind of mentioned traveling and and you know being in being in Europe for for work, but also having the opportunity to you know, like you said, buzz over to to Portugal or to wherever to to go run for for the the day. Um, when it comes to traveling and running, what something that a lot of folks do, you know, here in the States might go race, racecation type of situation, or, you know, I have a goal of running a, a marathon in every state that I've you know, kind of like, um, but when it comes to traveling and, and you know that running is going to be part of, of, you know, the, the, the trip, um, kind of what works for you in terms of, um, you know, just, just making sure that you've got what you need, um, or, or kind of, how do you, how do you structure you know, packing and, and whatever some of the logistics involved with, with traveling when you know you got to run going at the same time. Yeah, so big things, I always got my shoes with me. Um, and then I take, for a week-long trip, I take two to three workout outfits. And that's kind of my other uh, goal setting is if I take three workout outfits, that means I'm going to do three workouts no matter what. Right. right. Um, so you're kind of setting that stage for yourself. So, um and that's the beauty of running because like the first question of biking and these other things is mm-hmm. the running is always pretty accessible, but on the, the trips, it's, it really comes down to just being just like ruthless in your time management. Right. So between mm-hmm. if there's a client, a lot of my work involved 
meeting with my teams, your customers, that if there's a customer dinner or a meeting with your team at 6.30, then you need to figure out in your schedule how to exit work right at five, mm-hmm. have a hotel that's right next door, get over there quickly, get out for that run, and, and be satisfied with a 45-minute run, right. get back, shower, uh, uh, go to that meeting, or sometimes, and Stockholm was great for this because it's so dark there, they light up all of the trails. So you can also go running at 10 p.m. But that also can kind of suck if you had a couple drinks at uh, the client dinner <laughs> and you get back and you're in Europe and you're like, oh gosh, I don't really want to uh, go to bed late. But that's also then why I have these events planned because if I don't do those midweek workouts, then the 50K is not going to be fun or the solo run's right. not going to be fun. So, um, and, and that kind of just also gets into something we haven't talked about. It's just the consistency of it all, right? So for me, mm-hmm. the times that I've been injured or not enjoyed running in the recent times is when I've been inconsistent. So um, that's the big motivator for the travel is to remain consistent, keep to your running schedule while you're on it. Um, but fortunately, the gear requirements are pretty pretty minimal for running. And then if I couldn't run because of weather and such, uh, I would go do the stationary bike. So I did a lot of stationary bike training and my running as the cross training. So that is an area we didn't talk about Ironmans. I got into the biking and such with that. But for me, the stationary bike in the hotel is a fantastic cross train to at least be able to, to do a check mark that you got in some of that workout that week. Yeah. Yeah, as it as always, you know, get to, towards the end of these things, and there's all the things that we didn't talk about. But yeah, getting you know having having the plan, uh, ticking the box, and and I'm I'm a huge advocate of consistency. So even though we didn't dig into it too much, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I'm I'm right there with you that, you know, it, it might not be quite as satisfying. You know, to, to to your point, you know, 45 minutes versus an hour and a half, like it might not be as satisfying to quote unquote only do the 45 minute run. But boy you tick that box and that's, that's a whole lot better than, than not taking the box and, oh. and, you know, losing, losing that little bit of momentum that you, you maintain with just, just getting, getting something. Cause it's usually greater than nothing. Um, final question for you, Luke, kind of wrapping things up. I call it the philosophical question. Um, you don't have to get too nervous about being too philosophical, <laughs> but it's just, it's just kind of like the introductory question, very open-ended, take it whichever way you want it. Um, and that's where we'll wrap things up today. But, um, and, and I think I'm going to ask you maybe my favorite philosophical question, which is really simply just why, you know, what, why, you know, 20 years ago you got started to kind of get, you know, maybe make some changes with the health and, and something to do. Um, but, but 20 years later, what, why is running still such an important part of, of your life and something that near as I can tell from our conversation, there's no plans on hanging up the running shoes anytime soon. Yeah, it's great. Great question. It's the thing about running is it's become so part of who I am now. And there is some uh, scariness to that of like, well, what happens if I can't run? And then, then who am I at that point? Because um, I'm known as a runner now. Folks mm-hmm. know me as, hey, Luke's the guy that does the ultra running. Um, but for me, the beyond that, it's it is something that's mine, right? In terms of you have work, you got family, you got self. Um, for me, it's a great self thing, right? That's good for me. Um, but you can also use it as a way to constantly have something new. So I was helping a friend of mine here in town train and there was a bunch of, of kind of areas you could run that started in my house that I'd never run. 
So over the course of six months, I got to plan out courses that I just hadn't had a good reason to run. They were training for a marathon. I was like, what a great opportunity to, to, to set out these courses. So there's always something that you can structure around the running and that really satisfies my need to kind of have something to plan for. So uh, I'm a believer in purpose just as a, what is it that makes humans tick? I think having purpose is important. Um, a lot of that's self-defined, right? And then also having things that are mm. not easy, right? That you're overcoming something. I think that's part of our psyche as well that is important for happiness. So, um, um, that's the why. Just, uh, you know, I'm at one level, I'm just checking things off because I like to do that. But the other is, uh, it's an opportunity to research new things, do new things, um, and do it for myself. So it's a great outlet for that. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as is pretty much always the case when it, when I'm asking these philosophical questions, I'm just nodding along going, yeah, I did totally make sense. <laughs> um, and, and I think, you know, there's a lot of overlap for, for my whys as well. And probably those listening are, are in the same boat. So I uh, appreciate you sharing that Luke and, and y'all once again, ultrarunningdestinations.com is the website. Uh, Ultra Running Destinations on Instagram as well. Ultra Running Europe is the book. If you got if you got a trip planned to Europe, you know, I mean, we're pretty much, you know, just about anywhere that you're going in Europe, he's probably got uh, a trail that he's scoped out and taking pictures of and information and all that kind of stuff. And, and like you said, you know, good way to, to find some of those good solid distance trails that, that maybe you could take for a day and just get out there and cruise and enjoy yourself and explore. So check out ultra running Europe on the Amazons. And of course we'll have everything linked up uh, in the show notes to make sure you get a copy of Luke's book and connect with them on, on the internets and the social medias as well. Uh, Disruns.com slash 1174 is that link one more time. So Luke, thanks for, for the time today. Um, it was, it was definitely a, a, a joy chatting with you. And, and I, f- I feel like we probably only skimmed the surface of some of these stories. And, and like you said, we didn't even get into Ironmans and we didn't even really get into the consistency piece that much. So plenty of meat left on the bones to potentially do this again somewhere down the line. But until that happens, uh, thanks for the time today, my friend, and, and all the best to you going forward. And thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure being on the show today. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Luke and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway from our little chit chat today? Um, for me, it's something that, that I feel like I've talked about once or twice. I, Lord knows, and, and a couple of folks are probably rolling their eyes, people that I coach, I've talked to them about this before. But uh, it was when Luke talked about the idea of, of being relatively 50K race ready at, at any moment. And it's not that um, my takeaway is not that that I need to or anyone needs to be 50k race ready at any moment, but it's the idea of being race ready in general for whatever race that might mean for you. Maybe maybe you know your 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 goal is to be race ready for a 10k at any point or a half marathon, marathon, 50k, whatever. It doesn't matter. Point being that race ready that that perpetual state of race readiness that I talk about and I'm pretty sure it's what Luke talked about or at least what Luke was was referencing as well is is not that you need to be peak fitness ready to go out and hammer a race PR type of race ready no 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 it's it's just being ready with short notice you know and and like Luke talked about you having just a couple weeks notice to go out and run for 50 for, for a 50k and again, scale that up or down for whatever distance might be, you know, kind of that 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 sweet spot for you. But just being able to go out there and cruise if the opportunity presents itself. Um, 
and, and, and again, I've talked to, to a lot of the, the athletes I coach about this, about, you know, being ready at relatively short notice to jump into a race, run it, enjoy yourself, feel good and, and not really risk injury. Are we talking about being again, PR ready? Absolutely not. You're not going to be, um, in a perpetual state of PR level fitness race readiness. But if you can get yourself to a point where, again, whatever race distance it might be, half marathon, marathon, whatever, um, again, 10K, 5K, 50K, doesn't matter. But if you're at a point where, you know, if a friend is like, hey, you know, I, I just heard about this race. It's, it's a couple of weeks away. Do you want to jump in it and run it with me? And you could do it and feel confident that you could finish in one piece and, and no issues. Even if it's slower than, well, slower than your, your PR time. That's not a bad place to be because it gives you options. It gives you options to run some of these races, and it gives you options where if you want to plan out a couple months in advance, you can really, really dial in your fitness to really have a good shot at racing hard. And uh, I guess maybe the reason it stood out to me is I've maybe let my race readiness dip a little bit, um, at least in terms of, of marathon race readiness. I don't know. I don't know that I could. I mean, I could probably go out and, and figure out a way to get it done with a marathon if I needed to. But it wouldn't be as pretty as I would like it to be. So I think I need to, to bump up my game a little bit, get my my race my marathon race readiness back, um, and that can look a lot of different ways. But it's not a not a bad place to be ready for for a race at any old time, um, just like Luke is with the fifty k. So that was my takeaway. Just just the 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 value in being race ready. Um, for, for again, whatever race that might be for you, whatever type of distance, but not, not a bad place to be from a fitness perspective, um, both for short term and long term when opportunities present. So anyway, that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? As always, if you're willing to share it, I'd love to hear it at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram, at Dizruns on threads. You can also shoot me an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, if you head over to the show notes for today, which you can get to at Dizruns.com slash 1174, Dizruns.com slash 1174 photos, links to, to Luke's book, links to things we talked about today, links to Luke's social media. And of course, there's that comment section down there at the bottom. Feel free to type in on the website, whatever your thoughts, feedbacks, takeaways, whatever stood out to you from today's episode, share it in whatever way works best for you. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts on today's episode. One last shout for the giveaway. If you haven't got entered yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. I, I know what you're waiting for. You're waiting for the odds to be less good that you'll win right? Because that's, that's what makes sense. No, you're not. Get yourself in it. So you have the best chance possible to win it. Dizruns.com slash giveaway or Dizruns.com. Either way, you get yourself in it for a chance to win a free 16 week session of working with me. And to be clear, it's not a, it's not a, you know, half baked, you know, here's it, here you go. One size fits all. No, no, no. It's, it's the exact same level of training plan that people pay me for. So, you know, I like to think it's halfway decent value. It's at least it, 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 nothing if not trying, you know, <laughs> nothing if not trying. So, and it's free. So you can't, you can't say you're not getting your money's worth, uh, but get yourself in it. Dizruns.com slash giveaway. One last time is the link. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Luke and I with you today. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that share button. If you know somebody heading to Europe that likes to run, maybe get them a copy of Luke's book. Cause it sounds, it sounds pretty good and uh, definitely has some good information for trail running across the continent. And uh, anyway, hit the share button, spread the word. And until next time, y'all be well, take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Maybe y'all.